Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. The highest-rated college basketball game of all time was the 1979 NCAA championship game between the Michigan State University Spartans and the Indiana State University Sycamores. Michigan State was led by their super sophomore, Magic Johnson. Indiana State was led by their fifth-year senior, Larry Bird. But what many people do not know is that for a very brief time back in the fall of 1974, Larry Bird was at the most popular basketball school in the state of Indiana. He was successfully recruited by Coach Bob Knight to become a Hoosier at Indiana University. This is the story of how Larry Bird became a Hoosier, and this is Basketball History 101. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to award-winning Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience. And today, we bring you the story of how Larry Bird arrived on campus at Indiana University to begin his college experience. But in order to do that, we have to back up to his high school days, when he was being recruited by a number of universities in the area. Larry Bird, as everyone knows, is a small-town guy. He always has been and always will be. The family that he grew up in was more than poor. They were so destitute that they aspired to being regular poor. The family did not even own a car. Larry Bird's mom walked to work and his dad always had to get a ride from a co-worker. Bird barely left his hometown of French Lake, Indiana or the neighboring town of West Baden. That was his entire world, these two little towns in rural southwest Indiana. Sophisticated? They were not. Please understand that I'm not trying to be insulting or anything like that. I'm just trying to give you a sense of where Larry Bird is from. Ever since he was a little kid, he loved to play all sports, but basketball was easily his best sport. He also grew to an unusual height given how tall the rest of his family was. By the time that he was a senior, he was 6 foot 6 and 180 pounds, and man, could he shoot that basketball. He was never fast, he could never jump all that high, not particularly athletic by basketball standards, but when the game was done, he usually had 30 points or more and 15 rebounds or more. His game was difficult to describe. It just did not make any sense. It looked like he was moving in slow motion, but at the same time, he was just killing everybody out there. Due to his lofty numbers, he had a number of schools that wanted him pretty badly. The school that wanted him the most and recruited him the hardest was Purdue University in Lafayette, Indiana. One of their coaches came to almost every one of Larry Bird's games during his senior year of high school, but Bird knew that they were also recruiting two other forwards and he felt that he would be the odd man out in that situation. Denny Crum at the University of Louisville also wanted Larry Bird 
very badly. Louisville is in the state of Kentucky, but that was only a one-hour drive from French Lake, Indiana, which means that it would not have been difficult for his family to come and see him play regularly. But Bird was not that interested in leaving the state of Indiana. Even though Louisville is not that far, and it was literally just across the border of southern Indiana. Crum visited the Bird family on multiple occasions and begged Larry to come make an official visit to campus to see just how great the school was. Again, Larry Bird had no interest, so Coach Crum challenged him to a shooting contest. If Crum won, then Larry Bird had to make an official visit. But if Larry won, then Crum would have to stop recruiting him and leave him alone. Well, Larry Bird easily won the game by shooting from way outside. Crum was so flabbergasted, he asked the onlookers if Bird could really shoot like that consistently, and they all confirmed that Larry Bird was the best shooter they had ever seen. Now Crum wanted Larry Bird even more, but a promise was a promise, and he stopped recruiting Larry Bird. The only school that Bird even considered outside the state of Indiana was the University of Kentucky. Joe B. Hall was the coach at the time. He was the lead assistant for Adolph Rupp and took over the program when Rupp retired. The Bird family made an official visit to Kentucky and Coach Hall took a weird approach with Bird. He kept telling Bird that he thought that Bird would have a tough time making the team at Kentucky. Maybe this type of negative motivation for some players really, really works, but for Larry Bird, it really didn't. He, being not that sophisticated, took the message at face value. If the coach did not think that Larry Bird could make the team, then Bird was going to go elsewhere where he would have a chance to play against Kentucky and show Coach Hall what he had missed out on. Now, by his own admission, Larry Bird was not sophisticated as a 17-year-old and not very wise in the ways of the world. He had no idea which fork to use for the salad course or what soup du jour means. But one thing that Larry Bird did know down to the core of his soul was that he could play basketball and play it like few others. If Coach Hall could not see that then, then that was his own fault and he would pay for it if he ever had to play against a Larry Bird team. Indiana State also came calling on Bird, but Indiana State did not have a strong basketball program and while it was a fine university and would give Bird a chance to get his degree and make something of his life, it resided in the backwaters of college basketball. Now that takes us to the last school that Larry Bird considered, Indiana University coached by Bob Knight. It was easily the most popular basketball program in the state and it was located just a little over a one hour drive from French Lick. It would be very easy for the Bird family to come and attend his home games. Bob Knight was only in his third year as coach, but he was already building something very special in Bloomington, the city where the university is located. Bob Knight attended many of Bird's games in high school. The entire town of French Lake knew who Larry Bird was and everyone knew that Bob Knight wanted him to play for Indiana. Basically, the entire town pressured Bird to go there where he could become a statewide hero. He liked Bob Knight just fine and had no problem with the high standards that the coach had for his team. Larry Bird was a blue collar type of guy and was no stranger to hard work. In fact, he liked it that way. Indiana also had returning talent on that squad like Kent Benson and Quinn Buckner, both future NBA players. So Bird packed what little he had and headed off to Bloomington and Indiana University. Now, this is a great place to take a break, and I'll be right back with the rest of the story of how Bird spent his time at Indiana University. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. 
You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique Unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Hi, everybody. Dan and Andrew from Hello Old Sports here. We wanted to drop in and let you know about our latest episode. That's right. We interviewed the co-authors of Phyllis George, Shattering the Ceiling, a biography of groundbreaking broadcaster Phyllis George. And her life is really sort of a journey through 20th century America, from Miss America pageants to the Kentucky State House to the groundbreaking NFL Today show on CBS, even the Kentucky Colonels, the old ABA. We got into all sorts of stories about the Celtics under Red Auerbach, about the interview with Roger Staubach, about really all sorts of things, a fight between Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek. We really enjoyed talking with Lenny Shulman and Paul Volponi, who teamed up to write this book. The book is on sale right now wherever books are sold, you know, within reason, garage sales, probably not. So go (laughs) ahead and pick up a copy today. And if you want a chance to win the book, you can go to sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways and register for a chance to win. Goodbye, old sports. Welcome back to the show and let us continue with the story of how Larry Bird was a Hoosier, even if only briefly. Coach Knight asked Bird to get to school early during the summer to give himself a chance to get acclimated to the campus and meet some of the other players. Now, that is not very unusual in college basketball for players to arrive early in order to get acclimated. It also gave the new freshmen a chance to meet and play basketball with their new teammates ahead of classes starting. Now, Larry Bird had no problem with this, but he found the size of the campus intimidating. Even back in the 1970s, Indiana University had nearly 30,000 students on campus I mean, it was a city all by itself, and Larry Bird was from a very small town, and large crowds always made him uncomfortable. It took him so long to get from one end of campus to the other that he often got lost. He had freshman classes with several hundred other students. It was just too much for him. He desperately wanted to just go home where things were comfortable for him. But that was not the only reason that he left school. It was also the team itself. Now, most of the returning veterans introduced themselves to the freshmen, including Larry Bird. But according to Larry Bird, it was Kent Benson who was problematic. As a returning player, he felt that it was his duty to put the freshmen in their place. Basically, he treated Larry Bird like dirt. And when they chose up teams to play pickup, Larry Bird was often left on the bench as the odd man out. On many occasions, Bird would get to the court first to take some warm-up shots. And then Benson would arrive and literally take the ball that Bird was using and walk to the other end of the court and take his own warm-up shots. When Bird and the other freshmen said something to Benson, he would scowl and say, you guys don't deserve a basketball. If this is how Benson was going to treat Larry Bird, then Bird wanted no part of it. 
Bird did not mind a little bit of ribbing and hazing for a new player, but he felt that Benson crossed the line and was alienating the new players. One day, Larry Bird literally just packed his belongings and headed back to French Lake. He spent the year working and figuring out what his next move was going to be. He never really talked to Coach Knight about it. He just left campus and went home. He literally hitchhiked all the way back to French Lake. Bird also said that whenever he had to play against Kent Benson in the NBA, he was out for blood. One of Bird's best NBA memories was when Kevin McHale scored 56 points on Kent Benson. Bob Knight's version of the story is very similar. Coach Knight was still a very young coach and did not believe in catering or making any special accommodations for new freshmen. He has since learned that some new players come from very different backgrounds and a little bit of help adjusting to life on campus can be very productive. But the big thing that Knight was not aware of is how Benson was treating the new guys and he probably would have stepped in and put a stop to it. He also knew that if Quinn Buckner had been there, that Buckner would have kept Benson in check. Buckner was the designated team leader and everyone respected Buckner. But that summer, Buckner had been playing with the national team and was simply not around for those early pickup games when Benson was at his worst. Had Buckner not been playing with the national team, and if he had been there, there is a small chance that Larry Bird might have stayed at Indiana and been part of the 1976 championship team, or they might have been back-to-back -back champions as they were very close to winning the whole thing in 1975 as well. Of course, if that happens, then Larry Bird would have joined the NBA in 1978 instead of 1979, and he would have never had that matchup with Magic Johnson in the 1979 championship game. Again, the highest rated college basketball game of all time. After leaving Indiana University, Larry Bird returned home and took a job with the French Lick Streets Department. He fixed roads, mowed lawns, shoveled snow, and one day a week, he collected garbage. As far as Larry Bird was concerned, he could have done that job the rest of his life and played basketball in the evenings and on the weekends at the local courts or with an AAU team. He was making about $150 per week for his job and he was able to buy his first car. As far as he was concerned, he was set. He had a decent job in a small town and was perfectly happy. Of course, his family was not very happy with him at all. They thought that he had just thrown away his chance at a better life by leaving Indiana University. But things would work out all right. Once Indiana State assistant coach Bill Hodges found out that Larry Bird had left Indiana, he was back on the recruiting trail. He was in French Lick almost every day trying to convince Larry Bird to give Indiana State a try. He told Bird to come on down and scrimmage against the team and just see how he liked it. Now Bird thought that that was a pretty good idea, so he drove down with a friend who was also being recruited by Indiana State, and they showed up in jeans. The coach went off to get them some shorts, and Bird said that they were fine in jeans. That's how he usually played his pickup games. By the time of his visit to Indiana State, Bird had grown nearly four more inches to his full height of six foot ten since leaving Indiana. He also had put on about 40 pounds of muscle, and he impressed everybody during that scrimmage at Indiana State. Plus, he liked the campus and the whole environment. It was nowhere near as big as Indiana, and he felt much more comfortable there. And that is how he became an Indiana State Sycamore. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, while he will always prefer a burger and a beer to almost any other meal, he now knows which fork to use for the salad course. Basketball has taken him all over the country and all over the world. Now, just as a basketball fan, I am thankful that Coach Bill Hodges convinced Larry Bird to give college basketball a second try and attend Indiana State University. We are all better for having seen Larry Bird play basketball. So that is it for today. 
Join us next time when we share the story of how little Spud Webb won the NBA dunk contest in 1986. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. <laughs>